This is The Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today. And if you would have been with us on the pre-show, we're already getting this topic down pretty well, actually. We're talking about childlike faith, aren't we, Andy? Yep, we are. I mean, childish faith. Oh, it was more childish faith. Yeah, it probably was a little bit more. But yeah, (laughs) won't you uh, tell us a little bit about the topic this week? Because it's really been on your heart, you know, to, to have this as a topic. And so I'd like to have you share that with us. Sure. So, um, recently, um, I guess it was probably about a year or so ago, I read uh, John Eldridge's book on all things new, and part of it when he's talking about the restoration of the earth, he talked about our hearts and how we're, we really have to receive the kingdom of God as a child. We all know that scripture from the Gospels, in multiple Gospels, but go there and read those and, and think about it again whenever you get a chance, just about, you know, really what that means, but um, he was talking, though, about, you know, as adults, sometimes we get a little bit more sophisticated than we should, and we really do need to receive the kingdom as a child and and just kind of have that wonder of what God, you know, the, the things that God does for us and through us and speaks to us and, the you know, the, just the blessings he gives us on surprise. But um, I, we, we started talking about doing the show, and that was, I was really thinking about it from the perspective of, you know, as an adult, have I forgotten that childlike faith, what it, what it was like to receive Christ first and then learn about whether it would be God himself or his creation or whatever, my, whatever he had put in my heart as a child, and have I gotten away from those things? And I really started out thinking about that because that's kind of the context of what the, the book was about and but then I got to thinking, really, to set that up, well, I have to go back to my childhood to really understand that. What was I like? Who was I as a child? Where have I gotten off? And what is it? What kind of things that I can, can I have caused me wondering as an adult to take me back to that? So we're focusing mainly on the younger you, the things that um, you experienced as far as faith and wonder as a kid. Um, just think about those things in your own life. Uh, you're going to hear testimonies from us. And uh, we got some clips to, to set those things up, but hopefully you get it. We're just talking about childlike faith. Yeah, it becomes harder uh, the older you get, you know, and for some of us, it's been a lot of years <laughs> since, <laughs> no, no comment on, on who, or, or, you know, to list any names. Centuries. Yeah, Harold. <laughs> you know, we don't want to call anybody out specifically, Harold, on how long it's been. But, yeah, yeah no. Well, it's, I'm glad we got the old joke out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, in studio today we have uh, Rodney, Robbie, and I, and I'll try to call them by the right names. And then on the uh, the phone we have Darren, Andy, and Harold. And so you'll hear us all kind of talk back and forth on some of the stuff. And, you know, regardless of how long it's been, the number of years, I think it is sometimes hard to remember what that childlike faith really means. You know, because I, regardless of what your childhood was, we all had things we believed in as a kid. 
you know, we all had wonder. We all had these aspects. And so we're going to revisit some of those aspects first and foremost. And Rodney, Rodney, Robbie, I already called you the wrong name. Robbie, I think I'd like to play the, the clip from Parenthood first and really kind of set up, you know, what kids are really like. And in this clip, what you're going to find, the movie Parenthood, you have Rick Moranis as a father with a young daughter. And she's reading to him, obviously above her age level. Steve Martin walks in, who has a son about the same age, and he starts poking fun at him. And the, the comment is made, you know, kids can absorb a lot more than what you think. And so I want to listen to the clip, and then we'll come back and talk about it. The Penal Colony by Franz Kafka. Hey, Nathan, are you a doctor yet? Mark, if you will. All right. Our children are more capable of retaining and absorbing information than we are, and yet we insist on treating them like adorable little morons. What are you saying? Patty can learn things I can't learn? Patty, which one of these is the square root of 8,649? 93. They're like sponges, Gil, just waiting to absorb. Yeah, I think a lot of times we, we, we don't realize how much our kids listen and what they hear and how much they can absorb. You know, statistics used to say, and I don't know what the current ones are, that you, you learn the majority of your learning by age four or five, you know, of what you're going to learn. You, you learn how to speak. You learn how to start writing. You learn lots of that. And then exponentially it goes downhill, you know, when you really think of the major progress you make when you're little. Right, you make all the big progress then in your learning, you know, in compared to your adult life. Yeah, the beauty of it, you know, as I was, we were talking about it. I just picture myself as a six or seven year old boy, and I'm walking through a field anywhere, and rather than be thinking about abstract things, I am totally in my environment. I'm listening for snakes in the grass, like, oh, that was a snake. Oh, you know, and. Next thing I know, I'm chasing this, and I'm in this wild adventure right there. Like there was, or, you know, you're in the river. There's a crawdad. Oh, we got to catch the, you know, we we're talking about yeah. catch. Got to catch him close to the head or he's going to pitch me, you know. And and my environment was just a place of exploration, of joy, of like, oh, my goodness, how much fun could you have there? Oh, you could spend all day down at the creek. Right. You know. Easy. Easy. You know, you, next thing you know, it's supper time. It's time to come home, and your know, mom's yelling at you to get home. and. <laughs> You know, all you've done all day is you've caught crawdads and put them in this little crawdad prison and fished with them and did these other things and they kept escaping. And, you know, it is such a time of wonder, you know, and, it, and the learning capacity is amazing at that time. You think about kids that you are put in an environment where there's two different languages spoken in the house, you know, and, and they're bilingual, you know, their whole life. You know, I've been trying to learn another language for the last out of 10 years. I don't think I've ever got to learn it. You know, I've been working in construction and my Spanish is still limited to, you know, bathroom, hammer, you know, <laughs> the basics. You know, I know what those are. Anyway, Andy, on, a, go ahead. I have a very funny memory of my youngest brother, who's about 21 years younger than me. But when he was about four or maybe five years old, we were all around the dinner table there at home, and there was a topic being discussed, and everybody was sort of in agreement. And so my little brother Paul speaks up, and he said, well, that makes it anonymous. <laughs> and and uh, that's resonated with me throughout the years, that 
he had a big word that that he had heard and, and knew, but uh, sort of misapplied in that situation. Yeah, I, I think that's the difference. Good point. And children can say things and not have to worry about being embarrassed. Absolutely. Andy, I uh, want to go ahead and actually get to a clip that you sent us um, from uh, Andy Griffith. You know, if you're in North Carolina at some point, you have to use an Andy Griffith clip. It's, it's, and we've used really very few. Especially if your name's Andy. If your name's Andy. Andy? Yeah. Andy. And so, Andy, <laughs> you've actually watched this episode. <laughs> And so we got about yeah. four four minutes left. You can set it up. We'll be able to get to the clip and then probably come back and talk about it a little bit afterwards. Well, first of all, folks, I took a lot of grief from uh, the team about this, so just bear with me. But uh, it's really it's about uh, this guy that Opie says he he saw in the woods. Like his name was Mister McBeebe, and he was a man who walks in the tree tops. Tree tops. Wears a silver hat. Has twelve extra hands. Blows smoke from his ears and jingles when he walks as if he had rings on his fingers and bells on his toes. So that was his description. Uh, I didn't get that on video, but as they go through, it sounds like some mystical, um, you know, make-believe person. And um, this is the kind of like, it's a series of events where uh, Andy's challenging him, is this guy real or are you lying to me? Then it kind of talks a little bit about how or it goes into Andy explaining the family, you know, just what he feels like over his saying, and then the truth comes out at the very end. So, oh, um, remember the fun you was having this morning, galloping around the backyard on uh, Blackie. We was both enjoying that little game. Of course, now, now the truth is, they there never was any real Blackie. That's just something you made up. Is that right? Well, about. Uh, <clears throat> About this Mr. McBeavy, maybe the same thing happened there. Maybe you uh, you made him up, too, just for fun, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is using a Mr. McBeavy to get out of work and to explain things that seem to come from nowhere right now. Hope I want you to be man enough to tell me that Mr. McBeavy is just make-believe. That's all you have to say, and it'll all be forgotten. But if you don't, then something else is going to happen. I believe you know what I mean, don't you? Yes, Paul. All right. Tell the truth. Just go ahead and say right out, Mr. McBeavy is just make-believe. Well, go ahead. Mr. McBeavy is just... Say it. I can't, Paul. Mr. McBeavy isn't make-believe. He's real. Oh, P. Don't you believe me, Paul? Don't you, Paul? I believe you. Well, what's wrong with the boy making up an imaginary character? Well, what about the hatchet and the coin? Well, still, that's no re... Andy? No. I didn't spank him. Oh, well, that's good. Just not necessary. He learned his lesson. Good talking to is the best thing, making him stay in his room. I didn't do that either. Well, what did you do? I told him I believed him. You told him you believed... But, Andy, what he told you is impossible. Well... A whole lot of times I've asked him to believe things that to his mind must seem just as impossible. Oh, but Andy, this silver hat and the jingling and the smoke from the ears, what about all that? Oh, I don't know, Bart. I guess it's a time like this when you're asked to believe something that just don't seem possible. That's the moment that decides whether you got faith in somebody or not. Yeah, but how can you explain it all? I can't. 
But you do believe in Mr. McBeavy? No, no, no. I do believe in Opie. McBeavy at your service. What can I do for you, mister? <laughs> Walk around in the trees. Silver hat. <laughs> you jingle. You can make smoke come out of your ears, can't you? Uh-huh. So, Andy... Oh. What was it about that clip that really spoke to your heart? We've got about 30 seconds left. So we find out Mr. McBeavy was actually real, and a lot of times people will call us, try to take our faith from us, particularly a child. We try to take their faith for whatever they believe in. And you could tell that Andy stood up and said, no, I'm gonna, I believe my, my son. I believe he's telling me the fr- truth. But he also points out that, you know, there are times when people really believe in something that we should listen to them. And, you know, that's really what, it, I mean, people will try to talk us out of our faith. Absolutely. And that's why we have to have that childlike faith. Absolutely. Go to masculinejourney.org to pick up past podcasts and learn more about us. Our friends at MyPillow have changed over production to make masks for hospitals, but they still have plenty of products. So right now, Truth listeners can buy one, get one free on most products. Pillows, Giza, bed sheets, towels, even neck pillows. If you get two of those, you'll be neck and neck. <laughs> Go to the radio listeners page and use the promo code CARGUY. Call 800-943-7096. Order Mike Lindell's book and get free shipping plus a $25 gift card for your next purchase. Use the promo code CARGUY at MyPillow.com. Now what do we do? Just be yourselves. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. If it feels like every day is picking a fight, then you might want to come listen to The Masculine Journey and find out why we use clips like these to illustrate the story God is telling in the lives of men today. The truth is God designed you to pick a fight, but which fights do we pick? Well, grab your gear and come on a quest every Saturday at noon. And now The Masculine Journey After Hours Podcast. Masculine Journey Radio. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. only 30 seconds <laughs> well i'd actually pick that 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 bump in and, and the reason i did is it reminded me of you know i didn't grow up in a house that uh went to church you know i really didn't my my earliest memories of church was um going to vacation bible school as a kid and i think it was more just to, to get away from my siblings <laughs> and my parents to get me out of the house but i would go down the street and Obviously, this is one of the first songs I remember us ever singing in Vacation Bible School, but, you know, at a young age, it was in the Bible, I believed it. It was really just that simple. You know, that, okay, Bible says this, I believe it to be true, and and it's just truth. And somewhere along the way, we lose that. 
you know, to the point where we want to question everything and we become cynical and we become, you know, I, I got to prove this or prove that. Why, why can't it just be more like a child and say, well, the Bible says it, so it's just true. You know, and so that's that's the reason I want to use that bump in. And um, and, and, and actually, it's a, a song, it's probably the earliest song I remember from church, you know, learning in, in Sunday school. But we've not really talked to Darren yet. Darren, what do you think about this childlike faith? When we bring that up, what's that really mean to you? It means he can't unmute his phone. (laughs) (laughs) I can't unmute my phone. Um, That's the childlike faith that I have. I was believing God was going to unmute my phone. Um, But he did not. Um, But I have good friends, you know, that God puts in my life that remind me to do things like that. So... Uh, no, the, I love what you were saying, Sam, about the Jesus Loves Me song that lasted 12 minutes and uh, <laughs> the bump in. Um, and, but it's true, it's true, you know, I mean, as a child, um, I, I like you, I did go to church all the time, my mom took me all the time, she twisted my ear off several times in the pews, and, you know, which explains a lot of why I am the way I am today and why my ears are crooked. But I remember (laughs) that faith that, you know, the Bible says it, um, the preacher said it, the the Bible class teacher said it, my mom said it, my grandma said it. um, And just, and then I grew up in a church where they didn't just say it, they read the scripture to back it up. And then you said, Something happens and we stop believing, and I don't know that that's true about me. It it, it probably is about you, Sam. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, but I I don't know that it's that we quit believing that the Bible said it, therefore it's true. I think Satan comes in and sometimes through other people puts a spin on things. That well, is that really what the Bible says? You know, did God really say you could, you know? that he would take care of you? Did God really say you could eat from any tree except for that one? What's he trying to hide from you? And so, you know, people come along and they they put these spins on stuff. Well, yes, I know it says, you know, to repent and have faith and be baptized and um, confess your sins one to another or wash your brother's feet or whatever. But, well, that was for this time, but now, you know, does the Bible still mean that? And so we live in a very sophisticated time, and sophisticated Bible teachers or sophisticated friends tend to wear down that childlike faith, and it's, it's sad, and, and I'm just as bad. I'm, I'm not, I'm just as bad. I've, I've done it. I'm guilty of it, um, and I think we would all do way better to just have that childlike faith of, well, Bible said it, Okay, I'm going to give that a shot. You know, I think, uh, how, how how good would life be if everybody lived that way? Well, I think what makes it hard is sometimes that childlike faith has been taken advantage of for people. You know, and so that 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 mindset can be accompanied by a really hurtful time. You know, where I mm-hmm. believed that something was true and it wasn't true, right? And I later found out it wasn't. You know, and, and the hurt that came or you know, things along those lines, you know, that I was lied to, those types of things. And I, I think it becomes hard 
you know, we were talking before the show a little bit about, you know, God at boot camps has spoken to us on different topics. And even though it's God and you know it's true, it's so hard to believe sometimes when he when he's addressing your wound or he's talking about what he calls you, how he sees you. You know, the initial response is always almost doubt. Yeah, and then you forget about it, you know. Even after you're convinced, you go back and you tell your brothers, hey, I think I heard this, but it doesn't make sense to me. And then your brothers help you understand, no, no, that makes sense, Sam. That's the way we see you. You know, God was speaking truth to you. And then six months later, we can ask you about that event, and you go, huh? <laughs> you know, we forgot. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard, you know, and I think it is that. It's the world, the enemy has just been trying to beat that out of you since you were little, you know, one way yeah. or another. So, Robbie, I wanted to go ahead and get to your clip from The Rise of the Guardians. You want to set that up a little bit? Yeah, it's a really cool movie. It is. It features Santa Claus and some other Guardians, Jack Frost. And actually, um, we pick up this scene where Jack Frost is trying to figure out who he is. Mm -hmm. He's really trying to figure his identity, and Santa Claus is going to help him out. And Santa Claus, being a Guardian, um, understands where his center is. And What's the little, little thing he's pulling apart? What do they call those? They're Russian. Um, I'm trying to think what they call Russian dolls. They, you know, you open one and there's another one inside and there's another one inside. And so this, this thing that he hands him to begin to look at himself is he hands Jack Frost this doll, which is a Santa Claus, you know, keep opening up and you keep getting to the different layers of Santa Claus. So Jack Frost gets an idea to find out uh, Santa's center. Now we get down to tax of breaths. Tax. Who are you, Jack Frost? What is your center? My center? If man and moon chose you to be a guardian, you must have something very special inside. Hmm. Here. This is how you see me, no? Very big, intimidating. <laughs> but if you get to know me a little, well, go on. You are downright jolly. But not just jolly. I am also mysterious. And fearless. And caring. And at my center, there's a tiny wooden baby. Look closer. What do you see? Uh, you have big eyes. Yes! Big eyes. Very big because they are full of wonder. That is my center. It is what I was born with. Eyes that have always seen the wonder in everything. Eyes that see lights in the trees and magic in the air. This wonder is what I put into the world and what I protect in children. It is what makes me a guardian. It is my center. What is yours? I don't know. Robbie, that's, that's such a good clip, but what was it about that clip that really spoke to your heart that you wanted to use it on today's show? That you know, that we as children had that wonder mm -hmm. that 
you know, snakes in the grass, crawdads in the water. <laughs> you know, as I was rowing across my grandfather's lake, thinking there was going to be pirates on the island on the other side, and and all these things that were high adventure for me, but also uh, places that I put God in the picture now. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I was out on the lake on Sunday with my daughter, and all of a sudden I was like, do you smell that? That smells like the lake, man. And there's only a smell that smells like the lake. And it smells just like the lake I was on with my grandfather when I was a kid, my father on his boat in Lake St. Clair. And I can remember, I said, that smells like the lake. I mean, it's like, do you see what and what God has given us? And you're going to have that. 40 years from now, you're going to be on a lake, and you're going to go, I remember <laughs> that smell with my dad on Blues Creek Lake when I was in my 20s. And and the wonder is still there. It's still that smell. You don't know what it is, but oh my goodness. And God has given it to us to share, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and and it doesn't take a lot to get it back. Um, when, when he begins to explore that place to go, oh, okay, I can, I'm still that kid, but it's going to take some healing to get, get all that back, Sam. It is, you know, because it's been caught, it's been pursued and tried to be taken away from you, you know, along the way. Uh, Rodney, would you go ahead and read the scripture to us on um, Jesus's words about faith, childlike faith? Yeah, because when this topic came up and I was like, oh, well, it sounds like a fun topic. And it's like, well, no, it's actually a very serious topic. You know, Jesus took this very seriously. And the one that I went to was out of Matthew 18, kind of one through four. And the disciples, you know, have that wonder, like, who is the greatest in the kingdom? You know, that's kind of childlike wonder right there. You know, who's the greatest, you know? And then he basically responds to them and says, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as a child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And it's like, okay, there's this childlike wonder like we just talked about. And that comes across in a few other scriptures I was looking at. And you get the awe and you get bond and different things that come when they speak about this. And I just love the fact that not only is childlike fun to us, because we love to go back and reminisce about our stories of the childhood, but it's important. It's important to Jesus to have that thought that that just, okay, Jesus, you tell me that, I'll believe you. And we go on, you know? Yeah, in order to have a childlike faith, you have to have that spirit of wonder. You have to have that spirit of belief. You have to become like a sponge and just absorb and take in what God's trying to tell you and to to let down that disbelief, to let down what the world's come after and said, you got to filter everything through this. You got to let that go and just let God love on you and believe what he says. We're going to talk about in the after hours, what more on this topic can we talk about becoming childlike faith as adults? And so we're going to talk about that, and we'll see you next week, and we'll continue the topic on childlike faith next week.